Welcome to the Pharmacotherapy Podcast. My name is Lindsay Devon. I'm Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. I also serve as Editor-in-Chief of Pharmacotherapy, an official journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Today, we are talking with Dr. Alexander Levine about his team's paper titled High-Dose Gabapentin for the Treatment of Severe Alcohol Withdrawal Syndrome. Dr. Levine is an Assistant Professor of Pharmacy at University of St. Joseph, Connecticut. His co-authors include Lorna Carasqualo, Jane Mueller, Mohamed Nunu, Edward Nault, and Daniel Ibrahim. Dr. Levine, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Levine, the, the topic of your research paper in, in the title, uh, it reflects a major public health problem, the apparent high prevalence of alcohol use disorder. Would you mind providing some perspective for our listeners on, on how alcohol use disorder relates to alcohol withdrawal syndrome and how severe is this syndrome uh, that it could be a, a threat to uh, one's health? Yes, happy to talk about the connection between alcohol use disorder and alcohol withdrawal syndrome. So in patients that have alcohol use disorder, about 50% of patients will develop signs and symptoms of withdrawal once consumption is stopped or reduced. Now, most patients will have a mild withdrawal that's characterized by diaphoresis, nausea, vomiting. They may have anxiety, tremor, and agitation. However, in a subset of patients, it can be quite severe where patients require hospitalization secondary to hallucinations. They can develop seizures that are typically brief tonic-clonic seizures, but can be reoccurring. And the most feared complication is that patients will develop delirium tremens, which is characterized by a severe agitated delirium, plus also having signs of alcohol withdrawal syndrome. If delirium tremens is left untreated, this can lead to death, secondary to cardiovascular, metabolic, infectious, or traumatic complication. Now, looking at our own institution, alcohol withdrawal syndrome was a major problem uh, and continues to be one of the main issues for patients to be admitted to the hospital. And of the patients that get admitted to the hospital, several of these patients get readmitted several times throughout the year for the same diagnosis. So this is a very big problem uh, for our institution and probably other institutions uh, as well. And this is what prompted us to form a multidisciplinary group to develop a consistent treatment approach to try to reduce some of the complications from alcohol withdrawal syndrome. Uh, it certainly is uh, a threat to health. Well, let me ask you, uh, does a patient necessarily need to have uh, experienced a seizure to be admitted to the hospital? Or uh, if they have a prior history of admissions, um, is it possible they can and the healthcare team would expect to see this type of uh, withdrawal phenomena and go ahead and admit someone? Yeah, absolutely. So they don't necessarily have to have a seizure to require admission to the hospital. Um, this happens in, in a small subset of patients. Um, there's a variety of manifestations that would require uh, admission to the hospital. Um, so 
just by looking to see if somebody has seizures, it can be uh, predictive of whether or not uh, they're going to have a severe withdrawal. So other things that you know we, we are concerned about is really this delirium and this agitation that can lead to other complications. Okay. Well, um, my understand, understanding from, from reading of your uh, paper um, is that uh, treatment is the focus. And you mentioned that benzodiazepines uh, have been a, a standard of care for alcohol withdrawal syndrome. So I'm wondering, and I'm sure the readers are, you know, what are some of the problems with existing standard of care and the approach to treatment with benzodiazepines that creates a need for testing uh, new and uh, adjunctive uh, therapies such as gabapentin? Yeah, so this is a good question. Uh, now, benzodiazepines are the standard of care for treating alcohol withdrawal and in general are very effective, but they're not without their issues, uh, particularly when you look at some of the side effects. So uh, things that uh, you may encounter is patients having respiratory depression, oversedation, and delirium, and these complications can lead to prolonged hospital length of stay. The other issue with benzodiazepines is that they have a potential for abuse and typically are discontinued at hospital discharge because it's unsafe to give these to patients if they are also going to consume alcohol. The other issue that we uh, you know, encountered in, in our hospital and probably other hospitals is that patients who chronically abuse alcohol can become relatively benzodiazepine resistant due to downregulation of GABA receptors over time. So when these patients come into the hospital, they require really high doses of benzodiazepines or perhaps an alternative agent such as phenobarbital or dexmedetomidine in order to effectively treat their withdrawal syndrome. So in those patients, um, this is why we started to explore using adjunct agents like gabapentin to reduce some of our over-reliance on benzodiazepines and address some of the side effects that potentially occur with benzodiazepines. You certainly make a logical case for uh, trying gabapentin to reduce the uh, reliance upon benzodiazepines. Um, so just to continue with that comment, can you describe what your um, specific aims for this research were and what data you collect? Yes, happy to go into uh, the research aims and the data uh, that we collected. So most of the research that's described gabapentin is in patients with alcohol use disorder. So there's a strong data to show that patients who receive 1,800 milligrams per day of gabapentin had a significant impact on controlling cravings, helping with anxiety, promoting mood, and helping them um, with uh, promoting abstinence uh, of alcohol. But really, we don't have a lot of strong data in the inpatient setting when treating patients' alcohol withdrawal syndrome. Therefore, the purpose of our study was to see if giving high-dose gabapentin, which we defined as giving 1,800 milligrams per day uh, as 600 milligrams every eight hours, that was initiated in the first 48 hours, if that would have a significant reduction in benzodiazepine use, if it would lessen alcohol withdrawal syndrome symptoms by looking at SIWA scores, and if it also have an impact on hospital length of stay. In order to measure these endpoints, we collected the total amount of gabapentin and benzodiazepines in hospital 
the CWA scores in the first five days, the total length of hospital stay, and your typical patient demographic information, such as gender, race, comorbidities, uh, and baseline laboratory values uh, that would indicate the severity of their alcohol use disorder. Well, those are very laudable um, and appropriate questions to ask about the use of gabapentin. So uh, let me uh, ask you to describe your results. Yeah, happy to talk about what we found. So in terms of our primary endpoint, uh, what we found is that patients that received high-dose gabapentin compared to a propensity match cohort resulted in a significant reduction in the total amount of benzodiazepines that were administered in the hospital. As for our secondary endpoints, we found that the gabapentin group had significantly less alcohol withdrawal syndrome symptoms on hospital day three. They were also less likely to receive benzodiazepines or less benzodiazepines on days two and three, and had a shorter length of stay by about 1.6 days. They had a quicker transfer to a lower level of care, meaning patients went from the ICU to the step down or step down to the floor um, faster than the control group. And they were also more likely to be discharged home versus going to a rehab or, or skilled nursing facility. Now, in terms of adverse events, we didn't see any difference in uh, over-sedation or delirium or um, respiratory depression. One patient in the control group did develop a single tonic-clonic seizure, uh, and none of the patients that received gabapentin uh, developed a seizure. Uh, Those are impressive results. Um, It makes me wonder if um, the addition of your data uh, to the extant database about use of gabapentin and general treatment of alcohol withdrawal syndrome uh, will change prescribing practices. Do you expect now that more institutions will be adopting uh, high-dose gabapentin for alcohol withdrawal syndrome? I think the data from our study and other similar studies is, is encouraging. Uh, In my experience, gabapentin is well-tolerated. It doesn't have the drug-drug interactions that you encounter with other anticonvulsants and and some of the the major side effects. And in most of the patients that I talk to, it it seems to help them with their anxiety, sleep, and, and control their cravings. So I don't know if it should be fully adopted by all institutions, but certainly institutions that frequently admit alcohol withdrawal syndrome patients or running to issues where they're giving high doses of benzodiazepines or running to issues where they're uh, contending with issues of respiratory depression um, or some of the delirium from benzodiazepines, there is value in adding gabapentin uh, as an adjunct in the early stages to reduce the exposure to benzodiazepines. Maybe it can stabilize the symptoms of withdrawal more quickly and also provide a smoother transition to outpatient care. Well, in that regard, are you able to identify, and I know this may not have been a, a primary objective of your study, but are you able to identify specific patient characteristics that um, might help clinicians uh, differentiate who could benefit from high-dose gabapentin for alcohol withdrawal syndrome versus those that um, perhaps should just should be treated with the standard of care? I think that's an excellent question. And, you know, I think in order to receive high-dose gabapentin, uh, if you look at the characteristics in our study, in general, these are younger patients around the age of 50, and they all had good um, kidney functions, about 120 mLs per minute. Um, So, um, you know, generally healthy patients, younger 
uh, and male patients. And what we found was in, in those patients that they could tolerate these high doses uh, of gabapentin. Um, so that might be the, the ideal demographic uh, to, to use this, this type of regimen. Also, I realize there are limitations when you combine a couple of treatments. There may be no difference between the control and treatment groups, but patients were also taking other drugs when they were admitted to the hospital. So are there limitations you can comment on uh, in just adding gabapentin to other therapy in the treatment of alcohol withdrawal syndrome? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something that um, is really important that the treatment team um, factors into their decision making. And now we know that when we give gabapentin, one of the main side effects is causing sedation or somnolence and, and dizziness as well. And so if patients are in the hospital setting, there's always the potential for polypharmacy and patients receiving other sedating medications, so likely getting benzodiazepines, but they may also be getting opioids, um, alpha-2 agonists like clonidine or other um, antipsychotics um, that are, are sedating. So we're really cautious and carefully monitor their neurologic status prior to initiating gabapentin. And once we start them, we are cognizant about titrating down other sedating, sedating medications once gabapentin is on board. Um, this is, you know, when we looked in our study, um, it's important to note that only one patient required uh, lowering the dose from 1,800 milligrams per day, uh, presumably due to the, the sedative effects from the drug. But overall, uh, most patients were able to tolerate it. Um, the, other, the other thing that, that is important to think about, and it's, it's not fully understood, is that there are some case reports of patients getting gabapentin and developing uh, some dependence and also withdrawal. Um, certainly a, a lower abuse potential than benzodiazepines and opioids, but it's something we need to keep in mind. Uh, the case reports that have been described are typically patients receiving on average 3,000 milligrams per day, uh, which, is, which is much higher than the how much we were giving to our patients. But it's something to keep in mind as we're sending more patients home um, that there is that potential for abuse and, and withdrawal. Your results are impressive, and I'm sure it makes a, a difference to uh, healthcare uh, providers and funders that hospital stay was reduced in your study. So, if you can reduce the dependence on benzodiazepines, I wonder if there are any data on actually if you could use gabapentin as the sole agent without benzodiazepines in alcohol withdrawal. I think this is an intriguing question, and there is some data on this approach to treatment. It's been described in the literature by, by Net and colleagues in some of the trials out of Europe. Um, these are typically in patients who have mild to moderate withdrawal, and they're using much higher doses uh, of gabapentin when using it as, as monotherapy. At this time, I really think it's best to reserve gabapentin as an adjunct to benzodiazepines, particularly if we're using it in patients with severe withdrawal or have risk factors for uh, severe withdrawal, um, particularly because gabapentin has a relatively slow onset of action. It takes about two hours. And in one of the studies by Bennett and colleagues, two patients develop seizures. So from a safety standpoint, I don't think we're quite there yet where we can uh, use gabapentin as monotherapy.
Well, I'm intrigued by your comments about the the potential, albeit perhaps a lower potential, for uh, producing dependence on gabapentin than benzodiazepines. Um, and you made it clear that the focus of your study was alcohol withdrawal syndrome and not alcohol use disorder. And it would strike me that that uh, issue about potential dependence would be more of a potential problem with a treatment of alcohol use disorder with gabapentin than it would be with alcohol withdrawal syndrome, which could be short-term. But the question I really have is, you know, do your data address this issue at all, that if a drug uh, is, if a patient does well on gabapentin for alcohol withdrawal syndrome, that that suggests they might also do well for alcohol use disorder? Yes, this is an excellent question. And so I, I do think if patients respond favorably to gabapentin in the inpatient setting, that it should definitely be continued as an outpatient because really this is where the most robust data has been demonstrated. And one of our, our primary goals uh, as an institution, uh, including it in this protocol, is to provide a more seamless transition to the outpatient setting and trying to promote abstinence and, and maybe prevent uh, readmission. Now, conversely, if patients don't respond in the hospital, it's difficult to say that they won't have any benefit uh, as an outpatient. You know, our study, as you mentioned, was specifically looking at the acute side of, of withdrawal. Um, so looking at things like SIWA uh, scores and benzodiazepine exposure. Now, SIWA does look at things such as anxiety, agitation, uh, but does not look at components of sleep, cravings, and mood, some of the things that uh, are more part of uh, maintenance treatment. So it's really hard to know if gabapentin, if it didn't have an impact in the inpatient setting, that it wouldn't have an impact down the road um, on other factors that drive addiction and trigger relapse. I do think this is an excellent research question that is certainly worth exploring in the future. Dr. Levin, there are obviously other issues surrounding alcohol withdrawal syndrome and alcohol use disorder treatment and prevention that we could discuss. But let me just refer the listeners to your paper published in Pharmacotherapy titled High-Dose Gabapentin for the Treatment of Alcohol Withdrawal Syndrome. Thank you very much, Dr. Levin. Thank you for having me.